In the year 1831, biologist Charles Darwin began a fateful journey on the HMS Beagle. On that journey, Darwin formulated the controversial theory of evolution which has impacted society down to this day. Our goal is to punch holes in that theory, so we'd like to welcome you to Sink the Beagle. Fire one, Captain! Way to go, Stan. You just torpedoed that boat to oblivion. Well, we're using highly effective, accurate, intelligent weaponry today, John. Thank you for that kind word. I'm John Kerlinski. I'm Stan Hudson. We want to welcome you to another episode of Sink Sink the the Beagle, Beagle, where we take lighthearted looks and pot shots at evolution and have tried to uphold the biblical teachings of creation. We are unabashed creationists here, where we like to promote clear thinking and truth and and not to bring more confusion to these issues of origin but <laughs> clarity we want to bring clarity we are against confusion that evil empire of babylon oh Iraq yes and that's right iraq and saddam <laughs> oh yes Nebuchadnezzar not, division take it out <laughs> no. yeah we're not the only bombers here i guess uh, we are going to talk today, John, about Babylon, and Babylon is significant in a lot of ways. And of course, you got to admit that many Christians today are watching what's going on in the Middle East, in particular in Iraq uh, what right now. What happened recently? Yeah. What happened? Uh, and uh, wondered out loud because some people promote this idea that maybe Saddam is some kind of a Nebuchadnezzar uh, reincarnated or something, and uh, the the issues involving Babylon uh, that are talked about in Revelation must refer to the nation of Iraq. I have a sneaking suspicion that there's been a few people's prophecy charts that just got blown out of the water, so to speak. Well, yeah, <laughs> if there's no more Saddam and no more uh, uh, dictatorship like he had, then one wonders, well, what is Babylon in the book of Revelation? Well, actually, Stan, maybe we need to start out a little earlier than Revelation if you really want to understand the real issues of Babylon. Where do we go? Well, if you think about Revelation being the great enemy of God's people through history. Babylon. It's, yeah, it's ba- it's, what did I say? Revelation. The great enemy of God's people. No. Babylon Babylon is is the great enemy of God's people. Thank you. And not Revelation. You're right. Uh, And uh, Babylon goes throughout the history of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation with a few stops in between, significant stops in the book of Daniel especially, and Mm -hmm. the major prophets. But if, if Babylon represents an enemy to God's people... Uh, so significant that God warns us to come out of Babylon in the book of Revelation. Revelation is talking about the last days. Now, what is Babylon? What's so dangerous about Babylon makes us want to take a look at where Babylon came from. So God's not saying, come out of Iraq, my people. Come out of Iraq, my people. No, no. Come out of Iraq. Well, basically, I think it's important to go back to the beginning a little bit, Stan, and find out what is the, is there, is there a common theme that seems to run through the Bible, since Babylon is the enemy of God's people, what is the nature of this mm-hmm. uh, animosity, uh, mm-hmm. this uh, hatred, this warfare, this uh, challenge to God? Well, and certainly Babylon is not, repeat not, apparently a nation, but rather some kind of a system or way of thinking. A system or a way of thinking? Mm-hmm. Where, well, I think that actually goes very well then with its first reference. Which would be? In the book of Genesis, it actually begins in chapter 10. That's right. It begins in chapter 10, and it says here, and I'm going to read a little bit in Genesis 10, Mm -hmm. it talks about a certain person. 
And it says in verse 8 of Genesis 10, Now Cush became the father of Nimrod. Mm-hmm. Hmm, Nimrod. Okay. He became a mighty one on the earth. Okay. A man of renown, a man of importance. And it says he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. And the idea, I think before the Lord, there is in his sight. God mm-hmm. saw this man rising mm-hmm. up in his abilities and his uh, predom- prominence. Mm-hmm. And it says Nimrod not only was a mighty hunter, he was the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. Okay. Ek occurred Akkad and Kalneth in the land of Shinar. He was the first one to develop a nation, mm-hmm. a nation of cities that are, are are incorporated together to begin to form an empire. And that's where the ancient word Babylon begins with Nimrod, and it goes into then chapter 11. Chapter 11, of course, is a famous Tower of Babel story. And in that story, uh, something is going on with a group of people that is disturbing to God. In fact, so much so that there is a judgment scene that comes that's tied to the actions of the people of Babel. They get kind of weird, and they start using bricks. Okay. And the Bible says that they wanted, they started burning bricks. That, in other words, fired bricks. They learned that they fired bricks. They're not so susceptible to f- f- floods. Flood. That's right. <laughs> because when you fire a brick, you harden it against erosion. In the old clay-baked bricks, when you got a real bad rainstorm, you have some major repair to do you on your place. you got some mud problems. So they learned how to fire bricks and okay. use stone. Mm-hmm. And they began to build a city and a tower, it says, whose top will reach into heaven itself. And they want to make themselves a name. Let us be scattered across the face of the whole earth. And so they begin to unite mm-hmm. and build a tower heading toward heaven. Now, why would, and, and this is something I want the listeners to think with me about. Now, why would a tower... Uh, be built by this group of people after the flood, what would be the purpose of building a tower? Would it be just something for for cameras or uh, good uh, views? Observation deck. Good you know. views, you know, vista point up here, you know, park your chariot and walk up and bring your Kodak with you and take a picture across Shinar. Yeah, yeah great view of Shinar. Or was that, does that had something else going on there? What do you think? There seems to be, there's several things. They're trying to uh, ascend to heaven. Okay. They want to get real to high heaven. up mm-hmm. because real high up is might be above a certain thing that might have a happened. water line. A water line. They want to get above the glub 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 line potentially of the great 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 grandparent generation that washed away in the flood. Mm. Well, there's that. Now there, and if you take a look at the ancient cultures of this earth and look at their first great buildings, their oldest buildings, there's a consistent theme in pyramidal type, ziggurat type uh, buildings that are built, no question about it, to be tall. To be tall and up above in the heavens Mm -hmm. to indicate a closeness to God or maybe they want to ascend to be gods themselves. There is another issue here that seems to be consistent with some of the earliest great buildings and that is that they often were oriented towards studying the heavens. The astronomy of the day, ancient yeah. astronomy, and which developed into ancient astrology, which was very motivational in mm-hmm. ancient worship. Now, if they're studying, and let's assume for a minute that this this early generation under Nimrod uh, is building this tower with still a pretty good understanding of the story of the flood. It'd be real recent in their memory. Reasonably recent. Uh, maybe even Noah was still around for a few hundred years and may have been able to share some of the stories. Certainly Ham, Shem, Japheth were around. Um, you would think that they already got the story of the flood. 
but maybe they began questioning it because, after all, the flood mostly came from the sky, the waters. The, from the, their perception. From their least. perceptive. The destruction came. And let's even throw out something else to consider. Maybe there's some truth to the idea, to the theory that an asteroid or a series of asteroids may have been involved with the flood, maybe starting it, maybe uh, contributing to it, whatever. If there was something that came from the sky, um, maybe they wanted to study this and see if they could come up with another explanation of just, you know, I, I know that supposedly God did this thing from the sky to destroy the earth. Maybe there's some other answer. And maybe they were looking. Maybe, John. What are you saying, Stan? Maybe the Tower of Babel represents the first attempt to find an alternative theory to the flood. (laughs) The first alternative theory. (laughs) Something, maybe it was more we just experienced a local literal thing and was caused by an asteroid or something from the heavens. Maybe it was a naturally occurring phenomenon that if we study more, we can avoid in the future. And we can, and there's no limit to what we can find out. Because we're smart people. We are, us Babylonians. And so they began to do this and create a name for themselves. And there's a judgment scene that falls hard on them. Mm-hmm. Let us go down and see what they are doing. And God, the Trinity, comes down and are involved with a judgment scene, the confusion of language, the separation into what becomes of nations of today and so forth. But Babel, Babylon, doesn't go away. It, it, actually, re- it yeah. comes back. And, and there is there is an element, too, though, what represents the gate to God. There's a Bob power L. behind it. Bob L means the gate to mm-hmm. God. In other words, mm-hmm. they want to go through heaven's gate, so to speak, and on take their own back. On yeah. their own back. Mm-hmm. It, it is it is a it is a man made worship system, man made uh, system of origin too mm-hmm. starts developing in a man-made understandings of maybe judgment and other things. When man becomes the, the, the great arbiter of truth, the great discoverer of truth, the origin of all things that we know, then eventually man becomes uh, cr- creator of theories like evolution and so forth that uh, eliminate God from the scene. And so God brought on a judgment. Now, the book of Daniel which is the next major stop in the road, is also a book entirely on the subject of judgment. The book, if any, if there's a theme of the book, it's judgment. The name Daniel means God is my judge, God or God is, is judge. God, God is my judge, and God will see me through the judgment. But in the case of Babylon, when, ba- when Babylon's judgment came up in chapter 5 with a handwriting on the wall, Babylon didn't make it through the judgment. They were found no, wanting. They were found lacking in a few of the essentials. <laughs> Indeed. And what were they doing? Uh, they were making fun of God because they were drinking from the temple. Vessels, uh, the, vessels the creator God. That the Nebuchadnezzar had taken from God's uh, temple in Jerusalem. And they were making fun of the creator God. Now, making fun of the creator God, even though you have plenty of evidence to the contrary. Because they did. Will bring judgment Every time. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Making fun of the creator. It's interesting that, that there's also seems to be, at least thematically, in that chapter, there's a hand carving into a wall. Yes. Which in the Hebrew mind might have a person think back. You know, there was a hand that once wrote in stone, a finger that wrote oh, in stone. Yes. Uh-huh. And when you want to make fun of God and his laws and misuse his vessels for your sole purposes, a judgment arises. Yes. Now let's fast forward the video. Okay, fast forward to Revelation, and I have a torpedo text to read, and this is a reference, no question, the context is clear. This is talking about the very days before Jesus returns. Uh In chapter 18 
there is this judgment scene. After these things, starting in verse 1, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. It's become a dwelling place of demons. Now drop down to verse 4. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, yet lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. Mm. You know, it's interesting that this warning angel is also built on three other angels that warn. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that included in this fall of Babylon is a call of what to do besides just coming out. Okay. And this call says, fear God. It's found in Genesis, I mean, Revelation 14, verse 7. Fear God, give glory to him. His hour of judgment has come. Yes. It says, worship him who made Mm -hmm. the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the fountains of the deep. Fountains, the, f- f- flood. the flood waters, the one who brought judgment before is a God to take seriously when he says, hey, it's judgment time. Come on out. Come on out, Babylon, because it's about ready to, everybody that's in Babylon, remember, judgment is coming, come out. Anyone who wants to avoid the judgment that is going to fall on Babylon, come out now. And so the, you have a link here in the end of time yes. with the creation and the flood yes. as it relates to judgment and a God whose word and existence won't be trifled with. Babylon thinking represents the following as we begin to wind this up at the end of this Sink the Beagle. Babylonian thinking is this, to look for another explanation other than the revealed word of God on how things are. And to worship that which is Instead of that, the one who made all these. To worship things that man has determined needs to be worshipped instead of the creator God. And God calls us, and I think that's a call to come out of evolutionary thinking, John, to come out of Babylon, come out of the confusion that results whenever you do not agree with the revealed word of God as to how things have come. Come out of its its evolutionary thinking and come out of its false worshipful ways, mm-hmm. which exalt the creator, the creature, excuse me, above the creator. The handwriting is on the wall and the call goes forth. Now, listener, I hope that we can ask you to come out of Babylon. If you are there, if you're there, come on out into the truth of God's message. Thanks for listening to Sync the Beagle. If you have comments, questions, or requests for Dr. John or Dr. Stan, you can email them at hudaho at mindspring.com. That's hudaho, H-U-D-A-H-O, at mindspring.com. Be sure to listen in next time to Sync the Beagle. Join us here each week, my friends. You're sure to get a smile. From seven-stranded castaways here on Gilligan's Island.